Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Borg Warner. Feel good about driving. Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. And by Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. Friends, gearheads, aficionados, lend me your ears. We've got some cool car stuff to look at today, and we've got the results of our latest poll, so let's get to it. Bloomberg is reporting this morning that the actual manufacturing cost for every Fisker was $660,000 based on production of 2,500 cars. That's bad enough, except that another report says Fisker was able to keep on getting government subsidies even though it violated the terms of its contract with the Department of Energy multiple times. And even worse than that, Fisker continued to get government money after it declared bankruptcy. So now there's going to be congressional hearings and the star witness himself will be Henrik Fisker. Speaking of losing money on electric cars, Fiat Chrysler head honcho Sergio Marchione, that's right, he pronounces it Marchione, not Marchione as I've been saying it all along. And I only know this because I asked him myself yesterday. Anyway, at a speech last night at the SAE banquet, Marchione said they're losing $10,000 on every electric Fiat 500 that they sell. He also criticized regulators for trying to force electric cars on the industry and the public and asked for more freedom to allow automakers to choose what they think is the best technology. He is especially keen on using compressed natural gas because Fiat is the world's leader in producing natural gas vehicles. And speaking of that, we'll have more on natural gas vehicles coming up in the second half of the show because that's the topic on AutoLine this week. Well, we've got the official word that Toyota will start building the Lexus ES at its Georgetown, Kentucky plant. The first time the luxury brand will produce models in the U.S., which begins in 2015. Speaking of Toyota, AutoGuide says it will likely stop selling the Matrix in the U.S. We'll get the official word in a little over a month. We don't really know how it's selling because Toyota does not break out Matrix sales. It lumps them in with the Corolla. If I were to tell you that wages in the Chinese manufacturing industry doubled from 2002 until 2008, you might think that's pretty good. Wages in the U.S. only increased 20% in that same time frame. Even so, the average Chinese auto worker only makes about $2.18 an hour. That means it takes them all day to earn what a worker in the U.S. or Europe or Japan would make in one hour. As we've reported before, several cities in China are limiting new car sales by auctioning off license plates in an effort to reduce congestion and pollution. But China's domestic automakers say that practice is hurting their sales. In Shanghai, some license plates cost over $14,000, which is more than the cost of entry-level vehicles, like Geely's $7,000 Panda Mini car. The people who can afford a license plate are buying import brands. And that's why China domestic brands only account for about 9% of car sales in Shanghai. But it's not just license plate auctions that are hurting their sales. Foreign brands are coming out with lower cost cars, a segment once dominated by the local brands. China domestic brands only account for 
43% of all the sales in the country. As a result, companies like Cherry, Great Wall, and Geely are dialing back on plans to move upscale and are focusing more on improving quality. Hey, if you want that Porsche driving experience but cannot afford the purchase price, head over to Hertz. Or at least if you live in select California, Florida, or Nevada markets. Beginning this month, the company will expand its Porsche lineup to include the 911, Boxster, and Cayenne. They joined the already available Panamera. Rates for the sports car start at $250 for a weekend day, but what a weekend! Okay, time for the results of our latest poll. It was based on a study that says most American drivers really don't know what the rules of the road are. So we pose this question that's typically found on a driver's test. You are approaching a school bus that has stopped on the other side of a divided highway. Do you, one, stop and wait for it to load or unload children? Two, stop, check for children, then proceed. Three, stop and wait until the flashing red lights go off. Or four, watch for children and be ready to stop. 60% of you chose number four, and now you should pat yourselves on the shoulder because that is the right answer. In fact, bravo to all you AutoLine viewers. You're way smarter than the general public. 68% of the American public got that question wrong based on a survey from carinsurance.com. As I said earlier in the show, we're going to be talking about CNG and LPG for commercial trucks and how that business is booming. And that's coming up next. Proven on the track and on roads around the world, Borg Warner turbochargers improve fuel economy and reduce emissions without sacrificing performance. Borg Warner, official turbocharger supplier to the IZOD IndyCar Series. The topic on AutoLine this week is the exponential growth in CNG and LPG for commercial trucks in the U.S. market. Just a few years ago, no one saw this coming, but now it sure is getting a lot of attention. Take a look. This is really exciting listening to you all talk about this. I mean, I, I feel like we're on the verge of some sort of breakthrough here. It is happening, and it's happening because the business case makes sense now. Um, you know, we talked about it uh, just briefly, but the infrastructure for a propane station is $50,000 per station. It's not a lot. And in some cases, the fuel provider will give you the station. It's like the cell phone. I give you the phone, but you buy the minutes from me, right? Um, so we have that going on with a lot of our big fleets, Bluebird School Bus, Frito-Lay, uh, Super Shuttle, whom we've talked about. Uh, they use and consume enough gallons that the infrastructure is there. So it is a business case whose time has come, and it is low fruit for our adopters. And it, it, there's got to be very low emissions associated. I, I know you mentioned it was lower. Anybody can put a number on that? Well, natural gas is about a 30% improvement, 25 to 30% improvement in greenhouse gas. That's without doing anything else. Just apply the fuel, which is a big step. I mean, if you look at what we've done year over year with various powertrains to have a 30% jump just by changing fuel. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty good That's step. significant. The one thing we have done though is, is in all these engines, and we've touched on it briefly, is we've hardened the engine, meaning the, the valves and the seats have to be hard. Um, it's a, these are very dry fuels and they will end up wearing out a normal engine that runs on gasoline. Uh, and that's why we sell these engines already prepped, ready to go with that 
technology in it. And of course, you can watch that entire program right now on our website or check your local public television listing since AutoLine This Week is now seen in over 50 markets across the United States as well as coast to coast in Canada. And I got to tell you, I'm really excited about this show. It really is an eye opener. But enough of me talking today. Go out, get your work done, get out of there and have a great weekend. And then please join us again here on Monday. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.